Welcome to the Guelph Politicast. I'm Anime Donaldson of Guelph Politico. Today I talked to Kevin Lee, who is the Senior Manager of Pharmacy Programs at the Rexall Group of Pharmacies. This is the last week of November. December begins on Friday, and then winter arrives three weeks after that. You're probably thinking about Christmas, but you should probably also be thinking about cold and flu season. Of course, technically cold and flu season started couple of weeks ago, but we're about to hit the peak, especially with all that holiday socializing that's going to be coming soon if it hasn't started for you already. It begs the question, do you have your flu shot? It's okay if you don't. And if there's a point to this week's podcast, it's that this is the perfect time to get one, actually. So if you're looking for a reason why, we're going to lay it all out for you. The flu and the shot is the topic of this week's Guelph Politicast. Last week, the Public Health Agency of Canada announced that so far this year, the overall rate of influenza is low. That may not be too much of a cause for relief or celebration, but compared to last year, where you had the high rate of flu and RSV both above average by this point in the year, this flu season is starting to look fairly normal. Let's put normal in perspective. Infection Prevention and Control Canada says that every year worldwide, seasonal influenza causes an estimated 1 billion, with a B, infections and between 290,000 and 650,000 deaths. In Canada, influenza and pneumonia are among the top 10 leading causes of death with influenza killing about 3,500 people and sending another 12,200 to the hospital. To have an impact on these adverse effects, you know, death being an adverse effect or going to the hospital, it's recommended that every year you should get a flu shot, especially if you're a young child, person over the age of 65, or have a condition that makes you immunocompromised. Now, does any of that sound familiar? Of course, the focus of the last several years has been on COVID-19, and understandably so. But last year's flu season, as I said, was bad, and nobody wants a repeat. And that's why pharmacists and doctors want to make sure that as many people as possible get their flu shots. The added bonus this year is that you can get your flu shot and your COVID booster at the same time, which just may end up being the norm worth noting that this seems to be a strategy that's working, whereas the number of people receiving their COVID boosters has gone down with each subsequent new booster, offering both the flu and the COVID shots at the same time seems to be having a positive impact on the uptake with both of the vaccines. So, if you're not convinced yet to get your flu shot, that is why Kevin Lee is appearing on this week's edition of the Guelph Politicast. Lee is going to talk about what kind of flu season it's starting to look like, why this is definitely the right time to get your flu shot, and why even the healthiest among us should make some time to get that flu shot this year. We will also talk about options for preventing the flu, how you know if you've had the flu, and whether or not you should still get a flu shot, even if you think you've already had the flu itself. And finally, 
we will talk about the flu shot supply, the impact of combining the flu shot with the COVID-19 booster, and whether or not this will be the new normal going forward, getting both of those shots at the same time. So I caught up with Kevin Lee earlier this week via Zoom. Okay, Kevin Lee, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Adam. Thanks for having me. Uh, maybe this is the best place to start, but I, I mean, I know forecasting like a cold and flu season and like how bad it's going to be, that's kind of tricky. But to give some like people sort of a baseline, like what are the expectations for this flu season? Like, is it a, a particularly bad strain this year? Is, you know, are we particularly vulnerable this year? Kind of what's what's going on? Yeah, that's actually a really good question, Adam, because um, and, and this is actually very timely as well, because um, unlike last year, last year we had a very unusual season where flu peaked very early on. Um, this year, we're actually following the patterns of a more average season here in Canada. Um, so last week, we finally, well, we saw a significant rise in um, positive tests for influenza. And um, we are on pace with an average season um, where around this time of the year, that's when we start seeing us cross the national level or the threshold for positivity. And um, with this recent number, and if we continue to stay on track for this number of 5%, um, this is when we will start declaring the start of the influenza season. So we're right on time. This is the week that we're looking at that. And uh, once that goes, then usually we'll follow the trends of um, flu peaking at around December and it running its course all the way through February, which does fall in align with the amount of travel and holiday festivities that we have right. lined up. Um, so if, if, if all it goes as predicted, that's what we're expecting this year with regards to how bad it is this year. It's, it's tough to say, um, especially now that we're, we're only at the end of this of November, yep. it, it's starting to now start show, uh, rear its head and, and, and let us know how bad it is. But what we know so far is there's typically two circling strains of influenza. There's the A and the B, um, this year similar to previous years as well. Influenza A is the dominant strain this year, which means it's going to, it's a lot more infectious, um, uh, more common than influenza B. It's more serious in adults um, and it does spread a lot faster. So it, without, with all, with knowing that we're probably looking at an average year for flu and, and it's going to peak soon. Okay. I, I'm guessing too, part of that, and this probably affects your calculation uh, you and other pharmacists, you, you know, COVID-19 um, is still a thing that's still spreading around. I, you know, I've noticed our, our own local numbers here in Guelph going up. Um, RSV was seemed to be the big worry last fall. I know that's still a thing people are concerned about. You know, uh, our older people um, can get their RSV shots. Um, I guess where does flu sit in terms of like, I, I appreciating that we're kind of giving out flu shots and COVID-19 boosters together, but I mean, is there kind of like 2021, the concern was still COVID 2022. The concern is RSV. Is this like the flu year? Is that, are we especially concerned about flu this year? I guess in terms of like, if we're only focusing <laughs> on one thing at a time. <laughs> yeah. I, I would love to have the answer for that one, Adam. It would definitely help with the, my line of work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> tremendously knowing no know, knowing exactly where the demand will be and at what time it's it's again tough to say but i, I it's 
it's known that flu circulates every year and it peaks around these times of the month. And if we're following an average year, then we're for sure going to see high rates for these, unfortunately. And same with COVID and RSV. Um, RSV, of course, we've, we've known has always been um, at play every mm-hmm. year. It's just we finally had the, this is the first year we were finally have a solution or a prevention for it. And hence that topic has researched. I know last year, however, because the pandemic measures have kind of loosened up and everyone's back out and there's just some slight abnormal um, abnormalities to that season. We had a lot, a, a bigger spike in RSV at that time. Right. But this year, I think it's it's falling in line with an average pre-pandemic trend. So okay. um, as a result, still lots of things that you can do to prevent getting sick around this time and helping mm-hmm. prevent this from spreading throughout the community. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't say I wouldn't let the numbers and trying to predict what hits hardest and just protecting yourself against those. Rather, it's better to take a more preventative approach, cover yourself for all three if you can. Right. And um, and that's the best way of prevention. And it's more of a preventative rather than a reactive uh, solution. And there's stuff you can do that you can kind of like protect yourself against all three, like masking. Masking will protect you against yeah. COVID, RSV and the flu and colds, too. Yeah, everything that we've learned and become masters of from the <laughs> pandemic uh, will still be at play. As we know, during that first year of uh, 2020, 2021, when we uh, were very heavy in terms of social distancing and, and prevention, it really trumped those viruses uh, significantly. Um, and again, we know they're effective tools and continue to be effective tool this year or about. Um, it's just a matter of making sure we do everything we can to help prevent that spread. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, uh, keeping all that in mind, you know, looking at a flu, a kind of a typical flu season, I know that uptick uh, in terms of people getting the flu shot went up during the pandemic. I, I, th- I think that was you know, the encouragement of doctors and pharmacists. Mm-hmm. I think that was also just sort of like the general feeling of people that, you know, I, I want to do anything to try and get sick or try to stop myself from getting sick rather. But um, can you? just explain a bit like before the pandemic like what was kind of like a typical uptake of the flu shot you know just when people kind of weren't worried about droplets all the time (laughs) (laughs) yes um on a typical year um, we see about uh, hovering around for adults hovering under 40 percent, and that's for adults ages 18 to 64 and then for seniors we of course they're a higher risk population um, health is of uh, most importance, that number goes up to 70%. Okay. Um, when we're specifically looking at a young adult population, such as students of the age group of 18 to 34, that number we're seeing on a typical year is around the low 20s. Mm. So a lot lower than a lot lower than the older age groups. But um, it, I think it's just over the years, people discover, uh, oh, th- these illnesses do matter and we really want to protect ourselves as our uh, as we age and our immunity does go down, right? Mm-hmm. So every year we're relatively close. We have a gold standard or a target that we try to achieve um, to, to, you know, to achieve herd immunity or better known as community immunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that targets around 40% for adults and 80% for seniors. Okay. So we're close, but we're sometimes we're f- quite far away some years. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's like the that's the that's the floor, not the ceiling, so to speak. Correct. Yeah. 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 
I want to look at this sort of like for multiple levels for a minute because I think, you know, we all get the flu to varying degrees of severity, but I'm I think we are kind of understanding more about like the potential serious health consequences of the flu. And you're talking you were talking about young people and the kind of the uptake on the flu shot goes lower as the sort of the age of the average person goes lower. So just for people who are like in their 20s and 30s, fairly healthy, you know, what's the risk to them of getting the flu? Are there risks, I guess, to sort of like affecting their long-term health? Yeah, it, it, again, I think in the world of healthcare, it's always by the number of, uh, it's always about probability and odds and percentages. Um, would one say that an individual that is younger have lower risk of, let's say, serious consequences and hospitalizations? One can say yes, compared mm. to, of course, a senior adult. Mm-hmm. But does everyone have a role and responsibility to prevent the spread? Yes. I, and I think everyone has an equal opportunity to make an impact on that and and help reduce the risk for a, lot, a loved one or a friend or family that we know are in mm. our communities. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the most important message that we got to get out there. Um, in terms of the consequences for, let's say, a younger adult, I would say the biggest one, of course, is absenteeism. Mm-hmm. We know every year around November, December, it's always hovering around 10 to 15% of people reporting that they're absent sometime between that between those months and that depending on the individual that can be very consequential if it's let's say an exam period or it's a critical period or busy month for work it it makes it very challenging but at the same time you also have impacts on our healthcare providers and our system here because each year that accounts for about two and it rises up significantly to about two percent of doctor visits every year and and knowing that we have doctor shortages and it's already so challenging right. to get, you know, our chronic senior patients in to see the doctors, that does add incremental volume, which makes right. it makes it challenging, right? So mm-hmm. I would say it's a mix of both. It's protecting yourself, but again, back to the grander message, which is also protecting your community. Mm-hmm. And um, I and I think what we've learned the most from the COVID pandemic is. And that that actually you can you you see and you hear the impact it makes when you have you know these measures in place and when you don't what happens then right mm-hmm. and I, I put in a note for my listeners right now uh, to refer to last week's podcast where we had uh, an emergency room physician from the from Guelph General Hospital talking about the need for family doctors in our community and how overworked uh, family doctors are with their patient loads, uh, just generally speaking, as a, as a reason to get the flu shot, give your doctor a break. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> part, of, part of that, too, is, um, y- you know, you mentioned this. You, if you're young and healthy, you can still spread the flu. And, you know, you might have someone in your life who is not young or healthy. And I guess what is the flu in, potential flu impacts on people who are older or even you know, immunocompromised, you know, people who have higher, you know, health risks, you know, kind of more potential, you know, if, you know, they get a really bad strain on the flu could be a comorbidity, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, the the flu is dangerous depending on what your, your health vulnerabilities are. Yeah. And the ultimate goal is just trying not to get those viruses and illnesses to those individuals. And I think we all have 
or a lot of us have family members or friends that fall into that category. We know someone of that category. And just thinking twice this season, what would happen if, you know, we travel back home for holidays this season? And unfortunately, that does happen. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't, that would not be the ideal situation during a time period like this, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Getting back to the flu shot, I as we're talking about um, a lot of clinics, a lot of pharmacies are offering the two for one, um, so to speak. You know, you get mm-hmm. your COVID shot, get your flu shot. Is that an attractive prospect for people? And I don't, I'm not sure entirely what's driving one or the other. And I'm, I'm asking because I've noticed in our local vaccination numbers, they've shot way up in the last mm-hmm. two months, like since the the, the flu shot sort of rolled out i guess is this the way to sort of do this you know i guess i don't want to use the phrase but i will two birds with one stone um that you know we're kind of offering people two different types of protection at the same time and thus we're sort of making sure that everyone is caught up on their shots yeah i i think this um played a very big part or is playing a big very big part for this flu season for us um but it 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 actually has shown the same results in other um, parts of the world. Mm. So Europe has been doing this for several years now. And we've learned from their successes that this is a more efficient and effective way to get as many people protected and updated as possible. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the, the reasonings why someone may not have received either of the vaccines, it's not that they didn't weren't aware that it's helpful or beneficial for them or that um, they're or they were concerned with anything a lot of the times actually is because they find that it's tough to find the time to to go in and get the shot and um, or there were some logistical reasons why they weren't able to but here at Rexel we made it as convenient as possible this year and we knew that there was going to be some vaccine hesitancy as well we Mm want to make sure that we can make it as convenient as possible come in you can walk in, you can book an appointment. And when you do, you're always offered either or um, of the vaccines. And I would a very interesting statistic we're seeing is about 70% of patients mm. are actually getting both. And, okay. and, and, it, and it reinforces the messaging we're saying, we're just chatting right now, which is most people are actually willing and want to. It's just a matter of they, it's getting that hurdle of booking yourself in and making time to do, do it. That's where most people are getting stuck at. I mean, one of the reasons I ask is because we, we've sort of seen this trend as, you know, the recommendations come out to get another booster. Mm-hmm. And, you know, th- there was huge uptake on the fact, like, it's not like we were, uh, you know, a country of, you know, vaccine hesitant people. Like it was like 80, 90% of people got those first two shots. And it seemed with like each subsequent booster that uptake started to go down i i I guess yeah i'm i guess i'm what i'm curious about is if you if you have an understanding of sort of like what what the difference is this time is it that or i I guess maybe it's a sign because we've heard public health health officials talk about this too this may be the wave of the future every fall you get your flu shot you get your covid booster and i guess have is is this kind of proof that we've accepted that reality I definitely think so. I think we've accepted the reality that COVID is likely here to stay and it's likely to continue mutating and we're going to see different variants on a, 
hard to say right now, but likely an annual basis. And we're having the expectation that it's going to be, and I think for for easier understanding, a lot of people like to draw comparisons to that of the flu, flu shot and the flu virus and how it it changes throughout over time as well. So conceptually with that kind of messaging and, and, and similar to flu, I think that does help people understand and, and convey the importance of getting a new shot every year. But in addition of, you know, making it convenient to get both shots at the same time and also re- reassuring people that we've done this before. Um, other countries like Europe or in Europe also have done this before that it's safe and it is effective as well. Right. People are getting both. And um, that along with the fact that we have brand new vaccines now, which mm. is more in alignment with today's circulating strain, that helps right. a lot, right? Uh, in the whereas in the past we've been using the same or very similar vaccines, and we're you and we're giving boosters and boosters and boosters, which may not not necessarily match a hundred percent with the circulating strain, but with the newer shot, it, it definitely helps with that messaging and, and and gives understanding that yes, this is the most effective prevention we have for today. But that's where that's where the correlation with the flu is because the you you don't have Correct. the same flu var the, the flu variant I guess flu variant is the right word every year. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, let's say I'm someone who's listening to this podcast right now, and I'm 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 convinced. Um, is like this a good time to go out and get the flu shot? Like, can I expect the same level of protection as someone who might have gotten it last week or last month? Um, when they first rolled out, like, is, is this a, as good a time as any to run out and get a flu shot? Yeah. And, and as I said, in the, at the beginning of the call, we, this is the perfect timing to, to, to have this discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, we're very likely starting to hear more about this over on the media side that, you know, this is the start of the flu season and we're going to start seeing it peak. So as you said, this is the best time to be honest. And uh, regardless, whether you get it a, a month, ago or you're getting it now um as long it typically takes two weeks for it to start kicking in and have Mm. uh, and have your uh, antibodies start producing um this is a good time and Mm. uh, we know that it peaks uh in december and uh we're just weeks away from december right so or the peak of December. days away from days away yeah days (laughs) away (laughs) so i I, we we definitely encourage everyone um and you you're going to hear this as well on the media as well that um, Canadians should go to their local pharmacies and for us uh, any local Guelph Rexall and mm. simply walk in uh, for or come a book online for an appointment just to receive mm. your flu shot and while you're at it you're going to be offered or you can also consider getting COVID shot as well. Mm-hmm. So it, and I realize you can only speak for your pharmacies if people can consult whatever their area pharmacy is to find out what their procedure is but it's a walk-in. You can walk in or you can make an appointment um, at a, any Rexall pharmacy and you have the option to get both. Correct. Yeah. And in terms of supplies, um, we're now about, at least for Ontario, we're about a month and a half into the program. Mm-hmm. So in terms of supplies, it has been steady. Okay. Um, so we have um, ample amounts of uh, the, the flu shots and also COVID shots for all ages. Now, for the pediatric, if you are asking for children and younger ones, sometimes that might make it a little bit more challenging. And so mm. we do recommend um, book an appointment or call your pharmacy to ask, um, if, especially if you have a preference for a brand over another. But we, we generally keep our pharmacies well-stocked for both 
both types and just come on it. All right, here's uh, maybe a, a, a potentially difficult question to, a- to answer, but uh, I'll ask it anyway. How do you know if you have the flu? <laughs> yeah, so t- the flu, it'd be very, it, I guess it, it's challenging and it, it, that's the, the, the role of the doctors sometimes, but even doctors might ha- find challenges too. Right. It's, it's again, uh, based on the symptoms and what we know about the different types of respiratory illnesses. Typically with the flu, we know that it, it's associated with a fever, whether mm-hmm. some people it's mild, some people none at all. And some people um, it can get very high um, associated with uh, cough, typically a dry cough or a dry throat or sore throat and chills and aches. So that typically would be a telltale sign of a flu. Um, you might have other symptoms as well, but mm-hmm. less or, or, or is less common. Mm-hmm. Whereas something, let's say a common cold, you get a lot more of the sniffles around your nose, a lot of the congestion. You might not get the fever. You might not get a cough at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a slight difference. I think where one might get confused uh, or might get a, more of a mix-up would be flu and COVID because sim- mm-hmm. some of the symptoms are very similar. Right. Um, but with a point of care testing, like a COVID test, which is also available at pharmacies like Rexall, right. um, you can you can test and determine which one it is. But regardless, the treatment and the management will be very similar between the two anyway. Um, and can the, those over-the-counter tests can tell the difference between the flu and COVID? Well, it wouldn't tell the difference, but you can detect and test for COVID. Right. So that's what that's what I meant. Yeah. It's like it'll come back positive if you have COVID. It won't come back positive if you have the flu. Correct. Yeah. Right. Okay. It just being keeping in mind that it does take some time for the COVID tests um, for the viruses to start producing um, the indicators in the mouth, in the nostrils, and then that's right. when the test will actually finally detect it. Right. Gotcha. The reason I'm asking that is because I I, I hear this question come out a lot. You know, I just had COVID. Like two months ago or something like should i go get my booster and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm wondering about the application of the flu side of things like if i think i had the flu like a couple of weeks ago should i run out still run out and get a flu shot like is that does that have any added benefit to me as someone who may have had the flu already With, without confirming it's very challenging right um like the one scenario for covid we generally say if you've tested positive for COVID, meaning we know for cert- with certainty that it was COVID, then the recommendation is um, you can wait three to six months till your next booster because you know that you have now you have natural immunity for the current circulating strain. And, and if you apply the same principle for flu and um, for flu, it, that will be very challenging because you can't definitively say that I, I truly did get flu. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas COVID, we do have point of care tests for it. Um, with regards to getting the shot anyways, it wouldn't run a risk even if you do get the flu shot, especially since we aren't 100% certain that we had the flu. Mm. And I think we run run across that quite a few times. Um, it's just that if you had the flu already, then the benefit of the flu shot may not be as, of course, it wouldn't it wouldn't be as high as someone who never had the flu before. Right, right. right. 
Okay. So it's not like you have super immunity if you get a <laughs> flu shot on top of having <laughs> had the flu. Um, maybe to wrap up, I'm, I'm kind of interested in the logistics side of this. You know, this is, uh, you know, the, the cold and the winter season seems to be sort of like a busy time for for um, people and illness in general. I mean, and that, that was true before COVID as we were talking about. But, you know, you are on the management side of things. I guess what, you know, what are the challenges for you? This time of year, like you're not the one at the the pharmacy handing out shots, and you're not the one at the pharmacy making sure you have the stock and coordinating with patients. Um, but I, for for you as a manager, you know what what are the things you deal with every day to sort of prepare your pharmacies for uh, the flu, no matter you know how bad it is or what the expectations are. You know how is you know how does it work on your end? Yeah, thanks for asking, Adam. Actually, that. It, um... It's not just me alone. There's a lot of other individuals that support um, support me and our pharmacists on the back end as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, while we may not be getting giving the shots, but there's still a lot of efforts that go into helping the messaging and communication and marketing. Right. Um, but it, it, there's also the supply component. Every year, there's it's it, where it gets really tricky is there's a surge in demand mm. and it's difficult to predict exactly when and how we can, or the, the cadence that we're going to be providing those shots and exactly how we're going to get these shots. We just got produced and just got shipped to Canada. Right. How we're going to get into the pharmacies as soon as possible, because we want to meet as much demand as possible and give the patients the shot that they they're looking for at the time that they're asking. Mm-hmm. Otherwise we know that when an individual gets declined or denied or it wasn't available, the chance of them coming back, or asking about it next time is is, is much lower. So it, it, it comes down to just making sure that we have the product at the right time and that we're able to provide that uh, a seamless experience when we, when we're able. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, it, and it gets particularly interesting this year because we're looking at both supplies um, for flu and also for COVID. And right. for each one, there's also different brands and different types as well. Um, so that does get challenging. But mm-hmm. we also have other... Other things such as supporting our teams with, um, you know, customer support, patients have questions, the booking system, in addition to uh, every year there's lots of questions. So the same questions you're asking today, Adam, patients will call in and, and they'll mm. ask and, and send emails and, and call in regarding these and we support with that kind of communication. Mm-hmm. I take it you have your flu shot? Yes. Okay. I got both. I got both as well. <laughs> Actually, about three, three and a half weeks ago now. So okay. Um, yeah, I I have not. So the listeners know. Um, it is on my to do list. Uh, once the city budget is passed, I'll have uh, an above average amount of free time. So that that this is my <laughs> pledge to the listeners. Um, but I'll have to let Kevin go. But it's been very informative today, Kevin. Thank you so much for all your time. Thank you, Adam. Thanks for having me. And once again, that was Kevin Lee. If you have any questions about the vaccines for flu, COVID-19, or RSV, there is a page that you can consult on the Wellington Dufferin Guelph Public Health website. And while you're there, you can also find the respiratory illness dashboard that has all the current area statistics, including the ones for COVID-19 and influenza. The RSV stats are coming soon. Uh, flu shots. Well, they are available at most, if not all, area pharmacies. 
and you can get them with your COVID-19 booster. In order to get those shots, you can either walk in or book an appointment at your neighborhood pharmacy's website. It probably depends on the pharmacy, so if you do have a reliable neighborhood pharmacy in which you go to get your drugs and uh, pharmacy services, I would suggest calling them first or sending them an email to find out what is the best way to get your flu and or COVID-19 booster shot. And that is it for this week's edition of the show. We hope you liked it. You can download the Guelph Politicast every Wednesday from Apple, Google, TuneIn, and Spotify. And when you subscribe to the Guelph Politicast channel, you'll get an episode of Open Source's Guelph on Mondays and an episode of End Credits on Fridays. The music for the Guelph Politicast comes from KPM Classics and Sid Dale. You can follow Guelph Politico on social media at Guelph Politico on Twitter and at Politico Guelph on Facebook. You can follow me at Adam A. Donaldson on Twitter and Instagram or send me an email at adamadonaldson at gmail.com if you'd like to help financially support the work of Guelph Politico. And why wouldn't you? It was Giving Tuesday uh, yesterday if you're listening to this on Wednesday. If you feel so in the mood to give, you can get all the information about how at guelphpolitico.ca slash donate. And finally, for all the latest local political news, you can check out guelphpolitico.ca, where there will be a new episode of the Guelph Politicast for you next week. And until then, we shall see you next time.